Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Hey, believers. We're going to continue in our summer series this weekend, and we have someone really special that's going to be ministering to you. Her husband, Dom, and her are the campus pastors for traditional campus. She also oversees our daycare. She does a tremendous amount of counseling, and she's just an awesome spiritual woman. And she's going to minister the message today. So can you give it up for Pastor Tony D'Annunzio as she comes forward to minister the Word of God? Well, good morning, BC. We made it. It's Sunday. We're here. We've made it through everything we've gone through the week. Yeah, we were here. Um, you know, we um, are in this summer series, and um, the summer series is called Summer School. And um, we usually have one uh, scripture that is our reference scripture that kind of frames from week to week whatever the title is going to be. And I want to go over that scripture today. And that scripture is 2 Timothy 2, verse 15. It says, study and do your best to present yourself to God approved, a workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed accurately, handling, skillfully teaching the word of God. So when we read that scripture, we see the word study. And then we see it says, do your best. Do your best to show yourself approved to God. So when we read these scriptures and we talk about the trials, then it says tested by trials. So in anything we do in life and anything we do in a school setting, we have things we like and we have things we don't like. We have things we enjoy and things we don't enjoy. And so um, I, I know when I was in school, the things I liked and the things I didn't like. I know the things that I could ask my children. I knew what they liked and didn't like. But I thought I'd start with this generation and ask them a few questions about what they liked about school, what were their favorite things, and then what wasn't their favorite things. And can I tell you that they were all the same. From generation to generation, it's the same thing. Nothing has changed. So let me tell you some of the things they did say. They love being with their friends. Okay, that's the best part of school. If they have a core of friends, people they get to do life with, people they can cut up with, they love being with their friends. They like, the, they like their lunch breaks. Uh, some of them like their gym time. Some do, some don't, okay? They love the subjects they were passionate about, things that spoke to them, things that, like, I, I, I like that. That, that. I don't know why I like that, but I like that. And then they liked their extracurricular activities that went along with school, which was basketball and football and soccer and baseball and cheerleading and drama and a band, all of these things that added to the experience of being in school. So in this process of being in school, there are things we like and things we don't like. So I'm going to start out with a little story about my children. Um, I absolutely love being a mother, still do to this day. Love and being a grandma even more. But I wanted to make sure that I was where my children were. And I wanted to be involved in every part of their life, including their academics. So I got involved in the school system. I worked in the clinic. I worked in the office. On a volunteer basis, I was a homeroom mom, the party mom, all of those things. And I did that because I wanted the staff I wanted the teachers, and I wanted the principal to know that I was um, 
wanting to be a part of what my children were doing and I wanted them to know who we were and I wanted them to understand how we did life. So I infiltrated by volunteering, okay? So I got into these, um, these situations and one day I was walking into the office and I was supposed to be in the clinic and the secretaries were talking about um, these lists that they were running off. They had a list of names and they were preparing this letter and it was for the students who actually needed to attend summer school. And so as I'm listening to them, I'm thinking, huh, I walk back to the clinic and I'm sitting there and go, you know what? Um, there were some areas that my kids struggled in this year. Uh, they didn't need to go to summer school. They weren't going to be on the list. Uh, but there's some things that maybe if I signed them up for summer school, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if I signed them up for summer school, being a good mom, it would give them the leg up in those subjects for the next year and they'd go in more confident. <laughs> so I'm, I knocked on the principal's door uh, you know, my processing here. And so I walk in and I knock on the door and she, the principal goes, hey, Tone, how are you? I go, great, you got a minute? She goes, yeah. So I come in and I go, hey, I was wondering about summer school. And she goes, well, what about it? And I said, can I sign my kids up for it? And she said, what? <laughs> she goes, are they on the list? I said, no. Uh, she goes, uh, I don't think I've ever had a parent ask me to send their kids to summer school. She goes, tell me why. And so I explained, I said, well, you know, uh, my daughter had had a health issue and she was not in any way falling behind, but she was a lagging a little bit in certain uh, one of the subjects. Uh, my boys were boys. They were active, you know, focused, very limited. So it was like, if I can give them that little extra mm, to start confidently the next year, that would be awesome. And she looked at me and she goes, well, again, I've never had anybody ask me for that, but yeah, sign them up. So at the end of every school year, I would decorate the mailbox. I would put balloons for each of them. I would put a sign that said, well done, so proud of you. And you know, then they'd come in. It usually was a half a day, the last day of school. They'd come in. I'd have this lunch spread out. We'd have treats. They'd come in. They'd kick off their shoes, throw their book bags in the common way that our children do. And um, they'd sit down and start partaking of this lunch that I had made them and all these treats. And we just, you know, we began to just um, talk about things and they were talking about what their summer, what they were going to do this summer. And I go, oh, guess what? Guess what? I was so excited. <laughs> I signed you up for summer school. You did what? Wait, do we need to go to summer school? No, 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 no. I thought I would be a help. You know, I want to be a good mom and I, I thought this would help you feel confident going into your next school year. Immediately the protests began, the whining, the complaining. Well, our friends, are they going to be there? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, why do we have to do this? Well, the subject you were struggling in is going to be a little smaller of a class, more one-on-one, -on -one, and they'll be able to help you maybe understand some things in a larger classroom that you couldn't understand now that you're in a smaller classroom. They went on complaining. Now my friends are, what if our friends think we're stupid? Uh, what, what if I want to spend the night somewhere, but I have to get up early and they don't invite me because I have to go to school in the morning? And what if I don't like the teachers? What, what, what? They had all these what ifs, okay? So as, we, as I, you know, look back at it now, probably wasn't the smartest thing to do, <laughs> but it was part of my training. It was part of my process. It was part of my assignment as a mom. And sometimes as our assignments, we are fulfilling them to the fullest, and other times we feel like we're not missing, we're missing the mark.
And that was one of those <laughs> moments in my life that I was not real excited because they were not excited. But let's talk about today's title is The Assignment. Do you know that as a believer that you have an assignment? Are you just walking this walk and thinking, well, I do this for a living, I do that, I go here, I do that, I'm a student. Do you think that those are not assignments? Do you think that those are just things you're doing in life? Those things that we do on an everyday basis, from season to season, those are things that God has called us to, to train us. So here's what the definition in Webster's of an assignment is. It's a task, a piece of work assigned to someone as a part of a job or a course study, a homework assignment. And you know, one of the things I left out when I was talking about the things they didn't like was the homework assignments. They didn't like the assignments. They didn't like the testing, the dreaded testing, okay? But here, it says a task or a piece of work assigned to someone as a part of a job or a course study, a homework assignment. So here's your big idea for today. Our lives have an assignment that we were meant to finish. Our lives have an assignment that we and we alone were meant to finish. So, you know, when we talk about that, script, that, that phrase, I can back that up with a scripture because this is the book of life that talks you and walks you through the school of life that reveals the assignments on how to do life. Okay, so as we think about our lives had an assignment that we were meant to finish, Acts 20, 24 says this, but life is worth nothing unless I use it for doing the work assigned to me by the Lord. The work of telling others the good news about God's mighty kindness and love. That's an assignment. Every believer has that assignment. And God will use who he made you to be in your quietness, in your boldness, in your in-betweenness, in your giftedness, in your uh, lack of giftedness, in whatever you come up with that you think that God doesn't have an assignment, your past, your insecurities, all of those things, God's going to use all of those. Now listen, that scripture was written by Paul. And Paul knew what his assignment was. Saul was his first name, and Saul persecuted the church. Saul killed and destroyed anyone who even confessed Jesus Christ and followed him in any way. But he had his moment on the road. It's called the Damascus journey. And God got a hold of his heart and got a hold of his mind and saw the value even in his brokenness, even in his, his, his hatred for God, he called Paul. He called Saul and he gave him a moment where it changed his life forever. And he gave him an assignment. And Paul knew what his assignment was. And that was to appropriate the word of God, teach others the word of God, and to establish his churches so that people could come and learn about this God, learn about their assignments and how to do those assignments well. So, these assignments that we walk through in life, God uses them to prepare, provide, and produce powerful evidence of a living God who has a design for each of our lives. 
Now you can say, I've been through too much. There is no way God had a design for me. Or you could be living high and mighty and say, yep, I had a part in that. (laughs) But either way, God knew you and he knew all about you. And he had a plan for you and for your life to prosper you and not to harm you. So you say, Tony, what are some examples of of assignments? Like, what are you talking about? Well, if you're a student, that's your assignment. You're to do your work, study and show yourself approved. If you're married, your husband and wife are your assignment. How are you doing in your marriage? Have you looked to the word of God to see what that assignment looks like and how you can do it well? If you're a parent, those children are your assignment. And in those assignments, there is instructions on how to raise them up in the ways of the Lord so that when they get old, they do not depart from it. If you're a business owner, those employees are your assignment. The way you do business, the way you do life, the way you treat them, that is your assignment that leads them to a place of wanting their own assignment. If you are, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, retired, you know, Dom and I talk about this all the time. If you're in retirement, that is your assignment. And when we get into our text today, you're going to see that somebody thought his retirement was going to look a little different than what it did. Because in his retirement age, he got his final assignment. He got his assignment. God is never done with us. And if we are not living just for ourselves, but we're living for the greater purpose of why we were put on this earth, which was to serve a living God who loves us with his whole heart, soul, and mind and made a way and access for us to be able to communicate with him and to hear him and to do life with him. I'm telling you, it's the most uh, amazing life. It's the most difficult life, but it's the most powerful life when you finish your assignments and finish them well. So we're gonna talk about Moses today. And Moses had a burning bush moment with God. So we all know the story of Moses. Let me just kind of pick it up, um, do a little synopsis of who Moses was. Moses began with humble beginnings, okay? He, um, he was born during a time where the decree was to kill every Hebrew male. And so when he was born, his mother made a reed basket, floated him down the river. He was... Um, found by Pharaoh's daughter, who could not have children, found by Pharaoh's daughter, she brought him in and cared for for him on her own. She gave him a life of privilege. He had access to every kind of wealth, every kind of power, every kind of teaching. He was trained up in Pharaoh's court. But one day while Moses was on his assignment, he found himself going out to check on one of the assignments that Pharaoh had given him to do. And he sees an Egyptian taskmaster, and that taskmaster is being very cruel to an Egyptian, I mean, to a Hebrew slave. Everything in Moses just got in, he was livid, he was angry, he was mad. And he went after the Egyptian taskmaster, and he ended up killing him in defense of the brutality of what was happening to that slave who was helping him complete his assignment. And yet there was this greater call in Moses that he didn't understand to why he felt so connected to the Hebrew slave. But he had to run for his life after that. And do you know what happened to Moses in the next 40 years? He was a shepherd on the backside of a mountain in Midian for 40 years He shepherded sheep, stinky, stupid sheep. Now, he just came from a life of privilege. (laughs) Can you imagine his conversations with God on the backside of that mountain? Like, how did this all happen? 
I, I, don't, I don't get this. This is not making sense to me. What are we doing? And he's having these conversations and he's talking. But while he's doing it, he's learning some skills by shepherding these sheep. He's using what God has given him and he's taking care of these sheep and making sure they walk in the right way. He's making sure that if one gets lost, he's going after them. He's making sure that, you know, he's protecting them from things that outwardly, other animals that would try to come and rob and steal from them. So Moses didn't even know that he was being trained. Here's what I want to tell you. When I started my walk with God, somewhere in the middle of my walk, I realized that I kept calling these things that actually were assignments my journey. But a journey is a trip from one point to the other. The assignment is everything that happens in between that trip. Okay, so these things that you find yourself in, the job you're in, the school you're in, the business you're in, the parenting time you're in, the marriage time you're in, whatever those things are, those are assignments that are gonna lead to who you are and the assignment that God has on your life, which is to, 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 to appropriate this word of God to those that you are around and to create a hunger in them as well. So here's the problem with our problems. <laughs> that we're gonna see with Moses is, is that sometimes our problems, we don't finish the assignment that God has given us or we don't finish it well. And when we don't finish it well, we tend to think our assignment is over, but it's not. So we're gonna pick up our story about Moses and where he is right now. And this is in Exodus 3.10, and this is his assignment from God. Now, here's the burning bush. There's a burning bush. Now, this wasn't uncommon. It didn't really catch Moses off guard because this happened a lot. But the bushes would burn up and then burn down. But this, bur this bush kept burning and burning and burning. And it so intrigued Moses that he crept a little closer to it. And as he got closer, the Lord spoke to him and he said, Moses, don't come too close. This is holy ground. So Moses steps back. Isn't it funny that when we have our burning, bo uh, burning bush moment and God is giving us our assignments from day to day, from month to month, we kind of get close to God, but then all of a sudden he speaks to us and we're like, oh, don't know what he's gonna say. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm ready for this. And we step back, okay? But God didn't stop there. He continued to speak to Moses. And he said, Moses, here's your assignment. Now go. I am sending you to Pharaoh you must lead my people, Israel, out. Well, for every question, for every assignment that God gives us, there is something that we are struggling with. There is something that we feel, wow, I, I'm not sure about this assignment. Well, here's what the problem that Moses had and most of us had. And there are actually five in this context of scripture. But for time's sake, I'm only gonna use three and three that I myself have struggled with. It says, now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people Israel out. And so the problem is we question our ability in the assignment. We question our confidence in the assignment. Do I know enough? Am I trained enough? Have I lived life enough? What is it that I don't have? or I'm too shy, I'm too insecure, or I, I, don't, I don't speak well, I, I don't speak well, and put me in front of people, it's even worse. You know what I mean? No, 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 I, I thank God you got this wrong. 
Exodus 11 is where we pick up Moses' response. But Moses protested to God. Remember my kids, how they protested the assignment that I had set before them? Remember when God spoke to Moses, that same look that was on my children's face was the same look that was on Moses, and immediately he had a protest. Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? Hey, God, what qualifies me to do this? How many times have you even said that to yourself? Man, I'm not sure about this assignment. Man, it's going to take too much work. There's going to be some pain in this. I don't even know if I'm qualified to do this. I'm not sure I'm qualified to even walk through the pain of this. I don't think so. I don't think so. God's solution, because you see, you serve a God that not only hears you, but he answers you. Do you understand that you have a God that hears you? But we're too busy talking to him and not enough time sitting and listening to him and waiting for the answers that he wants so desperately to give us. But because of the lifestyle we live, the busyness, we're up and moving. Quick, quick, quick. We're not sitting still. We're not taking time. But God took time because it was just him and Moses. And he said, here's my answer, Moses. Exodus 12, I will be with you. And when you bring my people out of Egypt, you will worship me on this very mountain that you have been shepherding these sheep on. I see two things here. One, that, that, he wasn't, that God was gonna go with him. And the next thing that I saw was that God has more confidence in us that we're gonna finish our assignment than we do. How do I know that? Because he said, here's what you'll do and I will be with you and when you bring them out, you will worship him. You will worship me on this same mountain. So God has a confidence in you that you don't have in yourself. And here's what I want you to understand. To finish your assignment is not dependent on you, but who goes with you. Who is with you in those assignments? It's not dependent on you. Does that take a little pressure off you? It's not about you. It's about a God who knows you, designed you, breathed life into you, gave you his word, gave you things that you could use to complete your assignments. So it's not dependent on you, but who goes with you. How I included the teachers, the staff, anything I did in my children's life, I included people to be a part. In my walk, if I've struggled with something, I included people in that People I could trust, people that I felt safe with, people I could be honest with that wouldn't judge me. I included people in it with me. So I will be with you. And when you bring them out, you're gonna worship me on this mountain. The other thing about the assignment is, is that you're not, you have to understand that God gave you the Holy Spirit. Now, I just absolutely love, and some of you are going, I don't even know who the Holy Spirit is, Tone. I don't even know who the Holy Spirit is, but I'm gonna just tell you. He leads and guides you into all truth. Okay, I, the, t the moment I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I encountered the gift of the Holy Spirit, I read through his word that he was going to be my teacher. You mean I had a spiritual teacher? You mean um, that he was gonna lead and guide my steps? I didn't have to figure out the steps on my own? That he would be my comforter in the moment when there weren't anybody else around that he would comfort me? That he is an actual person that will step into my life if I allow him and be a comfort to me? That he will um, take where I'm feeling incompetent and where I'm feeling a lack of things and he will bolster me and build me up and tell me that because of the Christ that I serve, that I can do things in a very whole and healthy and powerful way? 
because of his presence in my life? So even in these assignments, you're never alone. You see, when Jesus was getting ready to finish his final assignment on this earth, he sat with the 12 disciples and he was at the dinner with them, so almost like the lunch I prepared for my kids, and said, um, hey guys, um, as we're eating here, I have something to tell you. Um, I'll be leaving. And they protested. What do you mean you're leaving? No, we need you here. And he said, no, no. It is needful that I go. He didn't just say I have to go. He said it is needful that I go because in I'm the word alive in human flesh, but I have to go to fulfill my assignment. And that was so that I could create a way by dying and on the cross that I could make access for you. My life isn't about me. It's about who I serve and the assignment he gave me, but it's gonna be a benefit to you. And you're gonna figure out and know your assignments as well. And so he said, it's needful I go because I can only be with you and this group and that group. But if the Holy Spirit comes when I finish my assignment on this earth, then he can be everywhere at all times, in every thought, in every situation, in every circumstance. He will not, you will never be left alone. I will not forsake you or leave you. So he gives you the Holy Spirit as the access. Here's problem number two. We get focused on the what ifs. What if I do that? What if I start up a business and it fails? What if I take a step toward God and I don't, I fail, I walk away from him again? Maybe there's some of you, you've tried so hard to walk close to God and yet there's so many things that because you haven't included some things in your life that you keep falling back and away from God. But God is saying, even in those things, I'm with you. And those are learning moments that I can use. What if you make a commitment and you fall away? You know what? God's not done with you and he's not done with your assignment. He's not done with you and he's not done with your assignment. So again, what if I go to school and I don't get a job in what I went to school for? What's my life gonna look like? What if I have children and... I, I don't end up being a really good parent or I don't know what to do in my parenting. It doesn't matter. The what ifs, we look at the what ifs. Here's what Moses said in exact ex Exodus 4, verse one. Remember how he protested the first time? Here's protest number two. But Moses protested, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? <laughs> God's hearing this. He's hearing what they're saying. He's getting, he's feeling that Moses is feeling insecure. You have to remember, Moses came from a place where those people, that he was being sent back to the people who knew him. They knew the life that he had. They knew where his life ended up. And now God is asking him to do something that is very difficult and very hard. He's asking him to go back from where he once was to back to a place, but as a different man, a different assignment and a different way of doing life. And so what if they say, I didn't, appear to you. And God is saying, I got you covered. Here's my answer. Exodus 4, 2. Then the Lord asked him, what is in your hands? Moses looked at his hand and he said, I have a staff. And he goes, yeah, you see, when I send you on assignment, I, always, I also equip you with what you need for the assignment. I make a way where you couldn't see a way. I do things that in your humanness you cannot or the creativeness of your own mind cannot create. 
But I am a God who loves you so much that I not only give you an assignment, but I give you the instructions. I give you the abilities. I give you talents and gifts that you can use with him. So he says, Moses, what do you have in your hand? He goes, a staff. He goes, well, listen, Moses, when you go to tell them what I've sent you to tell them, that they're to let my people go, and they don't believe you, take the staff and throw it down. So he threw it down and it became a snake and he picked it back up and it was a staff again. And he goes, guess what, Moses? If they don't even believe that, I'm gonna give you a second sign. And that sign is that you're gonna put your hand in your cloak and when you pull it out, it'll be leprous. When you put it back in and pull it back out, it'll be healed. And he goes, and even then, even then, if they don't believe you, here's a third sign. But guess what, Moses? At the third sign, they're gonna believe you. You're gonna take some water from the Nile and you're gonna throw it and it's gonna turn into blood. And he said, they will listen to you. He not only gave him instructions, but he also told him what would happen and that they would listen to him. So the problem is that sometimes we're given our assignment and we're given our instructions and we forget what God put in our hand. He put the book of life in our hand that has answers for everything we're going through. Can't figure it on your own? Then he's given you people to help you do that, okay? But... Here's what you need to understand about this, this in James 1, 22, 25. It says, you are not blessed in the hearing of this word. You're blessed in the doing of it. We are not to focus on the what ifs, but we're to be obedient. And here's the next point I want to make with you. When you follow Jesus, obedience is your part. The outcome is God's. Obedience is your part. The outcome is God's. Takes a little more pressure off of you again. You know what I mean? Hey, you don't have to do that. You just have to be obedient. Problem number three. We think we're alone in our assignments. Here in Exodus 4.13, one last plea from Moses. Boy, does this sound like us? Maybe some of you were okay after the first one. Maybe that's where you're at in your life. And maybe some of you, it was the second one. And maybe now the third plea will be who you are. Not sure, but I was all of these at one time. The Lord became angry. Moses pleaded, 413, please send anybody else. Please don't send me. Just send anybody else. And I can tell you who to send and I can tell you why to send them because I don't think you got this right, God. I think you meant him. I think you meant her. I think you meant them. And we're always telling God that he didn't get it right. We're always saying what we are not. And yet he's proclaiming who we are. Okay, so he says, as he pleaded again, please God, send anyone but me. Here's God's solution. Exodus 4, 14 through 16. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, I heard you already. I get it, like my kids. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? He speaks well. And look, he's on his way to meet you now. He will be delighted to see you. Talk to him. Put the words in his mouth. And I will be with both of you as you speak. And I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. So what is God saying? I get, I get it, I love you. I get that the first thing I said wasn't gonna work. I get the second thing. Look, okay, so it's not that you don't think I'm 
important in your life, but because you can't see me and sometimes you can't sense me, you think I'm not there. You don't think I really have a plan for you. You don't think that this word really has some life that will produce um, amazing things to open up your mind's understanding and your heart's understanding and create a lifestyle of freedom for you. I get it. I get it. So he says, okay, so I heard you, Moses. I heard you. So guess what? I'm going to send you with your brother. Your brother's eloquent in speech. All you have to do is tell him, put the words in his mouth. He will speak to the people and you will be one who acts in my place. Deuteronomy 3, 6, 8 says this. Don't fear or be dismayed. I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Do you believe that? You're in a horrendous time right now. You're going through some difficulties. You're not in a horrendous time. And there's no need to even ask God about being fearful. Wherever you're at in your walk, it doesn't matter. He said he'd never leave you or forsake you. Some of you feel like your assignments are too hard or too difficult or that you don't have what it takes to do it, but God knows better. And how I know that this third problem is that we think we're alone in our assignment is because of the three responses from Moses. But I can tell you that God's answer was, okay, Moses, I'm going to send you with your brother who you're familiar with, who you know, and you feel safe with. I'll send them with you. So in the process of pleading with God, in the process of thinking you're in this life alone, I want to tell you you're not. You know how I know? Because like Paul, who created the local church, God created a local church for you. A local church where you could come, where you could rest, where you could get taught, where you could be developed in your gifts and talents and abilities and use them not in the just the everyday life, but in everything that you is included in your call. So he gave you the local church. And with the local church, he gave you connect groups. <laughs> he gave you connect groups. So I don't, this, the church is big. I don't know how to get to know people. So he created connect groups. And there are small churches within a big church. But it gives you the ability to study the word, to have a role in the word of God with others, and to see that those that are a little more seasoned in those groups can help you understand the word of God, teach you about the ways of God, help you understand who you've been called to by God. And then he creates things like growth track. Growth track is so that you can find out what your spiritual gifts are, your spiritual assignments are through your giftings and talents and abilities. And then you get placed on a team. And in that team, you, you develop other relationships that are there. If you're going through something, they pray with you. They encourage you. When they don't see you, they call you. They let you know you're important. So God uses the local church and everything within the local church to help you fulfill your assignment. Not only is he with you, but he gives you things in your hand that will make this walk and the ability to do God's word powerfully and finish your assignment. He does it through the local church. He does it through the body of Christ, your brothers and sisters in Christ. They come alongside of you. They back you. They walk with you. They encourage you and strengthen you and promote the word of God in you. So even though there were these things that Moses pleaded against and protested against, here's what I want you to know about our God. Even in our discomfort to finish our assignment, our Father will provide a way for us to complete it and finish it. He does not give up on us. 
You can go through the entire Bible and see people who had assignments. And some of them did it very well. And some of them just finished it, just got through it. But God did not give up on them. He still had the same call on their life. He still was proud of every move they made. Every little step that you take in Christ increases your ability to grow more and understand him more and understand his love for you. Those mistakes that you think are mistakes, those falling downs and shortcomings, God says, no, 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 those are things or tools that I'm gonna use in your life to promote the word of God in your life. So, you know, when I think about the raising of my children and I think about everything that I learned, you know, as a, a mom and a wife and a parent, all of those things work toward the goal, which is toward the, the assignment that I'm currently in. You know, when I was raising my children, I learned people skills. I have three children who came from the same parents, but you would not know that they were ours. <laughs> they are all totally different. They have different personalities. They're all very creative, but they all are different in unique and beautiful ways, which I have grown to love. And God said, Tony, as you're raising those children in the ways of the Lord, so that when they get old, they will not depart, I'm raising you. How are you being an example to those children? What are you facilitating out of your mouth but showing in your actions? So as you are being raised by me, you are raising your children in the ways of the Lord. So again, he is continually working with us to make sure that we're finishing. And that assignment, I learned people skills. I learned time management. I learned um, uh, money management. I learned problem conflict resolution. I learned all of those things in these ordinary everyday assignments that we minimize, that we minimize and say no. No, those are, just, those are just things I'm going through. But God uses each and every one of those things to promote the next phase of our life, the next season of our life, and prepare us for the ultimate goal. And that is to be the life and the light and the salt to this earth, to draw people through the way we do life to Christ and to create life for them and to help them to do and finish it well. So all of those assignments have now, you look back and I see everything I've done here, all the assignments I've had here over the years, and it led me to the one that I'm doing now, which is a campus pastor. And can I tell you that all of these problems that we just talked about that uh, Moses had, I'm letting you know I had them. Even though I've walked with God all these years, I still had them. I never saw myself as a campus pastor. I didn't feel called to be a campus pastor. <laughs> and one day in prayer, the Lord said, Tongue, by now you should know that your life is not your own, that I have gifted you and called you, and there are things that I've placed in you through all these smaller assignments that I'm getting ready to now use you in this assignment. And so when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, the next thing is to be obedient and the outcome of that campus is up to God. Amen? So I want you to understand the assignment today. Do you know that God has actually given you assignment? Can you recognize it? Do you see the building blocks of what you've already been through and experienced as a way to prepare you for your future assignment? Are you minimizing those assignments? What have you learned from those assignments that you feel like you failed in? What could you go back and learn from? What did, you, what did you gain, what knowledge, what understanding that can be used for the next attempt? And I want you to understand that if you know what that assignment is, and even if you don't, he's in it with you even now to show you, reveal it, and to walk you through it. What I need you to also know about your assignment is this. God is not grading you. 
He is not grading you. He gets excited at every step of faith you take. Every time you have been um, alerted by the Holy Spirit to go and do, to call someone, to speak to someone, to encourage someone, to step out and no longer just be on a team, but to lead a team. You know what I mean? To, to find a way to uh, promote life of Christ in others. God sees those things. So he's not grading you in your assignments. He's looking at them as learning lessons and the things that he has for you to promote his life even further. He wants you to finish and he wants you to finish well. And that he wants you to know that he's in it with you. So let me just close out the service today. And I want to speak to two groups of people. If you know this God that I'm speaking about, and you have a relationship with this Jesus who shed his blood, broke his body, hung on a cross, went down to hell, rose into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father speaking to you about your assignments, but you don't see your assignments, you don't recognize your assignments, then I want to pray for you today that you do. Because as a believer, you all have an assignment. It's whether you'll be obedient to the assignment or not. And the second group, I'll get to them in a minute. But if you'll just close your, head, close your eyes and bow your head. I just want to pray a prayer over those that do know the Lord right now. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that you open their eyes and that they are able to recognize that their life has been a journey, but everything in between has been your assignments to bring them to you and to do life with you and to fulfill their spiritual assignments. Father, whatever the struggles are, whatever the lies are, whatever the things are that keep them from grasping and holding you tightly and moving towards you in their assignment, answer them through your word. Help them to be quiet before you. Help them to hear your voice that you might lead and guide. Send others around them that confirm that and affirm that in them. Father, I ask that you just do a work in their lives as they sit here today. Just take a minute and just talk to God about these assignments. We thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Father, may your will be done and not ours. Thank you, Father. With heads bowed and eyes closed, I want to talk to the second group of people. If you don't know this Jesus that I'm talking about, if you've been told about him, but you've never experienced him, if you didn't know that not only does he hear you, but he wants to answer you, and that he had a design for your life, then I want you to know that in this moment, in this day, in this time, whether you're online or at the other campuses, that God had a plan. He had a plan and he wasn't going to let that plan go. He was going to keep pursuing you leading and guiding you, drawing you closer to him until you had that moment where you recognized that you couldn't do life alone. It's not about you, but who goes with you. So today, I'm going to have everyone in all the auditoriums and all of our campuses, those that are online that know the Lord, I want you to pray this prayer with me and pray it out loud even if you know the Lord or you don't. Heavenly Father, I thank you that I have an assignment, that my life really has a purpose. So today, as I've heard your word, 
and I've heard some of the objections to your word and your assignments. I surrender my life to you. I know the word says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. I recognize I'm a sinner, but I also recognize that I have a Savior. Come into my life. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. And today, I start my assignment. And I want to finish it well. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. With your head still bowed, if there was anybody in here today that has never prayed that prayer and asked Jesus into their lives, I just want you to quickly slip up your hand. We have a parting gift for you. And it's the book of life. It's the instructions about your assignment. If you've never prayed that prayer, just slip it up and we'll bring, our host team will bring you a Bible and you can start your assignment with the instruction book all across the campuses, online. And if you're online and you've prayed that prayer for the first time, please comment and we'll get a Bible out to you as well. Okay, everybody can look up. I'm blessed to see. Uh, I think we had one back here in the corner. Listen, the Bible says when one soul comes home to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, all heaven is thrown a party. Can we put our hands together and show them just exactly how it happens in heaven? Amen, amen. Well, listen, listen. I want you to have a great week. I want you to take the power of God's word and the assignment that you are now asking God about. And I want you to begin the process of completing those assignments and letting God lead and guide and direct your steps and recognizing your part is to be obedient and the rest and the outcome is up to him. I'm going to pray over you and then release you for the day. Father, thank you for the brothers and sisters, those that sit here, those online, those at TCI. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you that you use every part of our lives, the good, the bad, and the ugly, but you never quit coming after us. Father, I ask that you bless right now the word that's been put into their hearts and their minds today. I ask that you bless it and they would not be hearers of it only, but they would be doers that can finish their assignment. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Have a blessed week. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.